Hey everybody, it's officially draft season, and we here at Upside Swings couldn't do what we do without Global Shop Solutions ERP software. Simplify your manufacturing by scheduling a demo at globalshopsolutions.com. Thanks again for listening. Hello everybody, and welcome back to the Upside Swings NBA Draft Podcast, the podcast of the highest ceiling. I'm your host, Bryce Hendricks, joined as always by the great Stone Hanson, and once again, no Cooper Klein, because uh, he's got to go on another goddamn vacation. This guy can just not get enough of leaving us, uh, but no, uh, he is... Uh, He's off having fun, and uh, he's not missing much. This is our last scouting pod of the cycle, and we're just kind of doing some cleanup. These are guys who we thought were at the very least worth mentioning on the pod um, because we think either they're going to get drafted or they're seen in a certain way, or we thought they were potentially interesting and good enough to talk about, even if they might not have that type of draft buzz. Um, So this is just kind of like a cleanup pod. It'll probably go. like A lot of these guys will be really fast. We'll try to do the same type of depth we do when we're doing – less guys but just in maybe a quicker manner uh before we dive into it stone my friend how you doing i'm doing great i'm done with all my film for this cycle i'm ready to be just done with this cycle and get to the draft for draft night like that's that's really just my focus at this point in you know waiting to see what the lakers do but um i'm doing great because i'm completely it's just recording now and that's all i have to worry about yeah, we're just recording two pods today, and that's all we're doing. This is it's it's fairly easy stuff for Stone at this point. I still got to catch up on some film for guys we're not going to talk about on the pod that I got to get some clips of to tweet about, um, including I'm going to be watching some D2, D3 basketball all day today. So wish me luck on that. Um, we're going to start with Nadir Hefe. Now, Hefe is uh, 20 years old. He's July 16th, 2002 birthday. He'll turn 23 in a or 21 in about a month. So his rookie season will be his age 21 season. Um, he's listed at 6'3", 180. There is no way this guy is 6'3". That seems like a major overlisting to me. Um, but, you know, he's he's French. He played for uh, Le Portel in the Jeep Elite League, which is, is that their top? Like, I always get the leagues mixed up. That's their top. It's their, league, right? Yeah, it's the top French league. So um, he uh, he played at like a, like a really high level league um played 30.5 minutes per game averaged 16.8 points per game on 46.5 34.5 84 shooting splits have 2.7 rebounds 3.4 assists 1.3 steals 0.03 blocks 2.1 turnovers um he had a true shooting of 59.9 which is really good when you consider Again, he's undersized. Like he's listed at six three. He's probably like six foot six one. So, would you kind of agree with me there that he's that he's a little undersized? Yeah, six to six one, somewhere in there. I, I I'm sure there's a there's an accurate measurement somewhere, but I I think his hair helps a little bit. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, and like for me, I, I I I try not to get too caught up in measurement stuff in general because, um, it's about how you play, right? Like and like even if he is six three, like he just plays smaller. So it doesn't really move me at all. Um, but again, that true shooting is really good considering his size. 21.3 assist percent to uh, 13% turnover rate, pretty solid ratio there. 2.4 steal rate and then a, a 0.10 block rate because he's tiny. Um, I think the place I want to start is with his scoring because I found that really interesting. Stone, how do you feel about Nadir Hefe as a bucket getter? Great. Um, I, I'm really in the hefe, obviously, but uh, I so I really love his burst to get downhill. Like he's one of the burstier guys in this class, I think. 
Uh, obviously, being smaller helps, but he has really good shin angles when he's um, on the move, getting downhill. Um, I think that uh, he's a really strong manipulator with his pace. Uh, I think that that's one of his like best attributes um, is, is that he can really just keep guys guessing with his stop and start type um, skills that he has. Uh, I think that he is it's like for me the finishing is what stands out most with him um obviously he's smaller so it's going to be tougher to get some of the looks um that you might want but i think he's really good at just converting tough finishes like i think he's he played in a french league that has like a lot of really solid rim protectors uh, and he's still able to find a way to like get around them a lot of the time he's got really good body contortion really good touch to me um at, around the rim as a finisher uh, I thought that was like the best attribute of his scoring. Um, the shooting, um, I mean, you can get more into the mechanics, but like he has the, the lean back that a lot of guys tend to have when they're smaller to generate a bit more power. Um, I don't think that like the touch is fine. It's not like bad to me. It's not really that good either. Uh, it's just like passable. Um, I think that he uh, doesn't have the best form like even on spot ups where it's just he he leans back for everything um but i do think he can create a lot of space and i think that's the important part is that like on step backs um his handle is not like crazy elite but it's pretty good and i think that um you know with the pace especially he just leverages that really well and can get guys going backwards because they think he's going to burst towards the rim and then he can just pull up and uh, hit hit a shot so I think that he is not like a complete three level score I think that um, there's obviously like shooting isn't the greatest but it's not like a, a complete liability either for me like I think he can be fine um, he can hit his own shot and create his own shot which is important to me and I think that um, despite being smaller as a finisher he's still able to do it at a really high level because of uh, the body contortion and just having really good touch as a small guy. So um, I buy a lot of what he does as a scorer. He is able to rise into shots at such weird um, like angles. Like he will take shots where the, for, like he picks up the ball with like his right foot way in front of his left foot and then just rises into the shot. Like not really one twoing into it as much as just like he'll contort in air and I actually think that's probably the reason the number is not great. It's like that stuff looks cool and it allows them to hit some like tough shots. But I mean, he took 5.4 three-pointers a game and did not shoot particularly well, but he is a great free throw shooter. I just think like there's enough there to build on that he'll be a fine shooter. You just kind of got to get that like out of his head. Like, hey, maybe like take some good shots. Um, The release is like kind of above his head. It's super flicky. I, I tweeted this and I'm like, I swear to God, it's not just because they're both lefties with afros. But his shot reminds me so much of CJ Ellaby's. Um, now CJ Ellaby was like six six, obviously, so it's a little different. And uh, Heafy's is quicker. But in terms of the actual mechanics of it, where it's not mechanically, there's like it, it doesn't look clean, but it's pretty clean and it goes in a good amount. So I'm I'm not super worried about it. I think Heafy could probably shoot uh, at the very least, like shoot adequately enough that you can't go way under ball screens and that you can't just leave them stupid open. Um, I think the thing that's really like special about his his scoring is uh, his speed, his speed, his burst, his quickness, everything about his athleticism, his ability to change pace too. like 
he really has that like everything you know everything in his game athletically as a driver like other than just being able to like explode at the rim because he's too tiny and he's not that type of that type of athlete he kind of reminds me a lot athletically of Sharif Cooper who I liked a lot in that draft Uh, well not a lot not as much as some I had him like 20 but you know like in terms of super quick including like burst and top speed um, can get in and out of moves really well also has the ability to change pace and kind of mix up his um, mix up his defenders with hesitations and like quick changes of direction, but not super explosive at the rim. So despite his all around great athleticism, not someone who can just like get on top of the rim, finish over defenders. He has to manufacture different finishing angles, but he is pretty good at just like straight up beating the big downhill. Like, I, I didn't get to see much against a drop because a lot of European teams will hedge, you know, especially in um, in in the French league. It seems like lots of hedging, um, and he could just beat the hedge around the edge, which is which is nice. But at the same time, he's not uh, super exposed to like play against drop defenders that I saw, and um, I'm sure he can do it. But he's going to have to kind of start adjusting to that a little bit. But you're right with the touch. I I like that he can pull, like he plays with pace in the good way where it's like he can just like get super sped up and go downhill, but also he can hit some hesitations. He can get someone on his back and do like these crab dribbles and and crosses in tight space. There's just a lot I like there. My one big worry, aside from just the size, the lack of explosiveness at the rim, he just loses the ball a lot. Like, like he'll dribble it kind of off his foot or like he'll hit a crossover and just kind of like the ball will come off his hand. I feel like he is... Like he probably has small hands and he just kind of like thinking like three steps ahead a lot of times and gets lost in the moment and just loses the ball consistently, Um, which there's worse things in the world. I feel like that's something that can be kind of fixed, but it does worry me that a lot of his turnovers in a given game are just like he's he hits someone with a crossover. He has them cleanly beat. And the ball like slips over his hand and he outruns it and, and the the defense gets a transition bucket. Um, Stone, do you have anything else on the scoring? And if not, do you want to transition us to his playmaking? Yeah, uh, I don't really have anything else on the scoring. Um, I guess just the other thing I would add is that I agree with you, but also like it's, I, I think it's also just not kind of like what you were saying where it's thinking ahead rather than him being like, uncoordinated or anything it's not like it has nothing to do with that in my opinion but uh in terms of like the playmaking I think he's one of the rare cases of just being a lot better as a passer when he's on the move versus being stationary like that's usually not something you see with just any basketball player in general but like he's he seems to like see things when he's moving quicker rather than just sitting there and and looking for cuts and stuff like that so um the other aspect too is like Lepertel's offense was just him starting everything. Like he was the engine for their offense and it their offense was predicated around him being able just to get past the point of attack and banking on help coming so that he can kick out a lot of times. Like there's not a ton of movement within their offense. And I think that that somewhat hindered the playmaking opportunities for him because it's just, you know, go out there create something for our team because nobody else really can um and i think that that hurt him a little bit in that regard i don't think he's an exceptional playmaker like i don't 
I, 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 well, let me rephrase that. I don't think he's an exceptional court reader in terms of uh, the complexity of reads he's making. Like, I think he can see things in totality. He doesn't have blinders on, but he's also just not like seeing things at a super high level. Um, I think a lot of the times it's, he's getting guys. And like I said, when the help comes, he's able to find that open pocket and, and make the kickouts. Um, and the fact that he's as accurate as he is with the speed that he's going at a lot of the times is, is what impressed me. Like, I think he's a pretty accurate passer. A lot of the times he's going like full speed towards the rim. So those two things stood out to me. Um, I think that he is best when he's um, able to uh, see things on the move and when guys are moving, but the the aspect of that is not a lot of guys were really moving in that offense. Um, and the other thing too is I think that he uh, has a little bit of trouble with access to passes because of the height. And he has a short wingspan too, like full disclosure. He's just got like poor measurables. Um, the wingspan is really short. And I think that he can't, have the access to like wraparounds and stuff like that as easily because he just doesn't have the physical tools to do so. But I think he's reliant upon just beating guys a lot of the time. And, and he can, because he, he's pretty quick and, and has those great shin angles. Yeah. I, I thought his, his playmaking was fairly reactive. I'm with you that he's not like a great court mapper. He's not seeing a ton of like high level. That's like the difference between him and Sharif to me is that like, Cooper did see those. Cooper was that like I'm thinking four steps ahead of the Sharif defense. Cooper. Sharif not, Cooper, not, not Cooper, Cooper Klein. <laughs> yes, uh, I should say. Um, but yeah, uh, but he feels much more of like I'm gonna get downhill, and then as the defense shifts, that's when I'll make my read. But he's good at that. Like I, I think specifically imagining him with NBA caliber big men, it's a super easy translation to me. It's just like. He is going to have a lot of gravity as a driver. He's going to see big men and then that spacing too. Um, you mentioned that he was like the engine of late Bortel's offense. I think that's absolutely true. Um, you could really see, I don't always do this with guys, but just almost on accident, like I ended up watching like three minutes of game where Hefe wasn't on the court. And you can just see like they just struggle to have that like cohesion without him. Um, I'm, I'm just... I don't know. I I I like Heafy offensively a lot. This will kind of be like as I, as we wrap him up. But he's small, which is always a worry for me. I don't think the shot, like especially on like pull ups and stuff, is elite. And I don't think he's an elite, like elite elite playmaker. He's a good playmaker. To me, he profiles as a fairly safe bet to be a backup point guard. But at the same time. How many European guys really want to come over and be backup point guards? Not that I'm factoring that in my evaluation much at all, but that is something that, like, I mean, lots of times if, if you could be a backup point guard in in the league or a 35 minute per game point guard in Europe and and compete for Euro Euro League titles, like you'd rather do that. Um, he has that upside. I think like he could be like a Euro League MVP someday. Um, but I do just worry, like in general, what that looks like for him. Um, and and. If the if the shot doesn't fully come around, like he's probably just not really a guy at all if it's not all the way there. So I'm just I'm kind of racking my brain with where I want to put him. And we'll talk briefly about the defense. It's pretty bad, as you would expect from a from a short guy, like, but even in like like non-short guy ways, like he's not someone who can like 
dig into the ball handler and like really make their life hell getting over screens like he's just not a particularly good defender in basically every way he um is super gambly he uh struggles to get through screens because he's so skinny that if he does hit one he's just gonna die um he or not not even skinny he's not super skinny he's just too small um but that i don't know like stone i'll, I'll wrap up where i have him in a second i guess but where like do you want to give us your overall like heafy heafy vision and, and and where you have them on your board yeah i'll just touch on the defense quickly too like i think um i the the one aspect of his defense like i think he's pretty bad in every other but like when guys are going driving towards the rim um he's really good at just staying in front of them like he's he's so quick that like even if someone changes pace and and gets downhill like he can keep up with that because he's so quick um but he really he does over gamble a lot. The wingspan is really short. Um, he really struggles with directional changes. Um, and I don't think it's even like he lacks body, um, like lateral ability or just like momentum changes. I think he just is really bad at reading him. Like he just bites a lot on if someone you know jabs left, he's gonna go that way, and then once they go right. And they go, he has trouble getting, you know, back in recovery because he's so small and there's no wingspan to really make up for it with the ground coverage. So I just think that aside from guys that are trying to attack uh, and, and him being able to stay in front of them, which a lot of times if they're bigger, they're just going to finish over him anyways. Um, it's pretty bad defensively. Again, like I think that if like with guards, that's less of a, issue for me not that it's a non-factor like I think I've come around to it being worth noting in, in something that is important but um, if he's playing backup minutes primarily like I think it's less of a worry for me uh, overall I have him uh, 30th on my board as a first a guy I would take at the end of the first uh, I know that's high for a lot of people and um, I actually think that like just because he's he's likely to go you know in the late like barely type drafted range probably 45 and after um there's just less leeway and opportunity for him to get nba chances and i think that there's guys that are going to outperform him and he might not even stick in the league but i do think that um he is to me like just off of pure evaluations like the 30th best guy to me and i think that um I don't really factor in like what an NBA career looks like. It's just my perspective of how in an optimal like world would he be fair. And I think to me, he'd be, he'd be worth taking in that late sort of first round range. I think that's fair. Um, And, and I, I hundred percent agree with your evaluation that you're not factoring in. Like, like our goal here is not to predict what an NBA player's career is going to look like. If we were doing that, we would definitely bet on a lot older guys who are going to stick around the fringes of the league, right? Like we'd all be way higher on Trace Jackson Davis if that was our goal. Our goal generally, and I think this goes for Coop and you, is evaluate guys and rank them based on their potential to help swing championships or in terms of like pure talent either way. Like, and if Heafy kind of hits, like he's someone who can really help an NBA team, I think. Um, for me, I'm just a little lower on the whole package than you. I think I ended up with Hefe in my 
draftable two-way flyers at uh 47 he is right below Jalen Slauson and Charles Bediaco um but I think what I will say like if he hits like he could be a really high level backup point guard and even if he doesn't like it's easy to see him filling like a Howell Neto role like if that's his desire if his goal is play in the league I think he can do that um like he's just so quick he's so fast getting downhill he's good at at capitalizing on that gravity he just needs a team that is going to um you know actually bet on that and not be turned off by his size um but i I think there's enough there but let's move on to the next thing we're talking about this is someone who i honestly think is going to get drafted um i'd be shocked if he wasn't um and that's chris livingston uh played at kentucky this year he's an october 15th 2003 birthday He's 19 years old. He'll turn 20 um, about a week before the start of his rookie. Or maybe that's like right at the start of his rookie season. Um, I can't remember when the NBA season actually like gets going. He's from Akron, Ohio. Hashtag just a kid from Akron. Um, (laughs) He's 6'6", 220. um, Played at Oak Hill out of high school. And then also played for uh, all. We All Can Go in 3SSB, which is their AAU like – 3SSB is Adidas, uh, so that's where he kind of played his high school ball. This season, as a freshman in Kentucky, he had a weird year. He only played 22 minutes a game, averaged 6.3 points on 42.9, 30.5, 72.2 shooting splits, uh, grabbed 4.2 boards, 0.7 assists, 0.4 steals, 0.4 blocks, 0.9 turnovers. Um, he had a 51.3% true shooting, uh, 6 six percent offensive rebound rate is okay considering he's playing next to Sheepway. um 5.5 assist rate to 12.9 turnover rate 1.2 steal 1.7 block none of his college stats really stand out even when you go through some other things he dunked 11 times which is not horrible especially when you consider that uh kentucky spacing was not good but it's not great either he shot 26.9 percent on long twos 64.4 percent at the rim is pretty good but um he only took 73 shots there. Uh, so nothing really stands out. What I'll say as we talk about him is that I went back and watched an Oak Hill game for this um, because during his senior season at Oak Hill, um, he looked pretty good. Like what I have said, like for sure, one and done. No, I mean, he's represented by by uh, Rich Paul. So like, I feel like one and done was always going to happen. He's a clutch client. Um, but I'm not sure that like he... I, I'm not confident that his like Kentucky stuff really did him justice because by the end of his his high school career, he did look like a five star. He kind of got that like and like Mike Gribb, who's obviously a genius. I don't want to discredit him at all. Was like, oh, there's some Khalil Whitney to Chris Livingston's game. Well, Khalil Whitney was awful. Khalil Whitney was never good. He was um, pretty bad in high school. Even he was kind of made. He played at like a lower level high school. And was kind of made off dominating that. And then just nothing ever clicked. Livingston was legitimately good at Oak Hills last year. Great. One and done 100% first rounder. No. But good. A legitimate five star. Um, he, I, I, I watched the game where they played IMG. And he like outdueled Jairus Walker in that game. He was just strong. He's long. He was athletic. Um, I, I think I'll, the place I want to start is the defense. I know we're going to have some. Uh, I know we're going to have some some questions here like like some disagreements stone how'd you feel about livingston as a defender uh i hated it um i think that he's uh a really poor 
help defender. I think he really struggles to keep track of where the ball is and where his man is simultaneously. Um, he he drives me nuts with his fake help digs. Uh, that's more of a pet peeve than anything, but I do think it is like it does apply to you know his basketball evaluation. Um, I mean he's like in, in recovery he he half-asses everything. He's not full-assing anything. It's it's all, all with one cheek. Um, he, he's he's only uh you know really getting into positions like just because he has to. He's not really trying. Uh, the motor runs really cold for me in terms of what he's doing as a help and recovery and off ball defender. Like he just doesn't do a lot. Um, on ball, I think it's a little bit easier to see translation. Like I think he um, moves a bit better with guys. Uh, he's still not like, uh, I wouldn't call him a plus in that regard either. I just think that he's, he's trying a bit harder. And I think that because of that, uh, he can fare against like um some guys. I think super burstier guys are gonna get past him. But um yeah, overall I just I came away pretty unenthused with his defensive capabilities or, or motor even. Yeah, so I actually I don't know. I I disagree a bit on the motor. I get what you're saying, where like he half asses a lot. And like that did happen a lot at Kentucky. I noticed that throughout the year watching other guys at Kentucky. Um but like I think a lot of it was just Kentucky used him so poorly. And this is more offensively than defensively that I honestly think he probably just got a bit frustrated. And like, that's an issue in itself, right? Like should a guy, like how do we feel about a guy who's being used poorly? Like, like taking that out and not playing hard on defense. Like I get it. I get that that's an issue too, but I thought when he was engaged, when he when the motor did run a little hotter, specifically in the Kansas State game I watched for this, which was in the NCAA tournament, I thought it looked good. Like I thought his rotations were fairly good. Like he is um he has he has pretty good feel, like probably just because he's played so damn long. Like this was a guy who blew up when he was 13, I think, was when he first like jumped onto the radar. LeBron James tweeted about him when he was I think he was 13 or 14. He was either, I think it was the summer between his eighth grade and ninth grade year um and like he has been around so long so like he has just generally okay feel for where to be right like he's played on high level teams forever he knows how to rotate he has a pretty good feel for like where where the defense needs him to be uh and i thought like in that kansas state game specifically like he had some really impressive digs like like two hand go hard in digs like he just seemed more active because it was a bigger game and like again is that a bit of a worry yes because he might not get used right in the nba either but i just think kentucky was so poorly constructed this year and that hurt him a lot both on what he was asked to do defensively and also just by not being able to do anything defensively that it worried me on the ball um he has some moments he's he's so strong he's long he has good hands he's just so stiff and this is the thing with his offense too like he's really He's a good athlete, but he's so stiff that it's hard for him to actualize anything as an athlete. Like he can't really get down in the stance super well. And when he does, like he does, his hips are, are a little too stiff for him to, to quickly uh, change directions. Um, he slides okay. And like, I do like his recovery, but as soon as he has to kind of take that last, like, you know, when you're sliding next to someone, right? And you're sliding and, and you're doing well, keeping on their hip. 
And you have to take that last penultimate step and flip your hips fully to like kind of load up for a contest at the rim. He struggles with that. Like he's just slow to do that. The hips are just a little slow. Um, but I think like he projects someone who could be like an okay defensive wing, uh, you know, or, or forward. Like he's probably more of a forward. Um, you know, can you get him to make some help rotations at the rim? Maybe. Um, I, I think there's a world where he can do that again. Like he's at the very least fairly young. Uh, he can, he can get vertical at the rim. He's strong. There's some stuff there. Stone, what'd you feel about Livingston's offense? Hated it. <laughs> I just, I, I don't get it with him on both ends. Like guys that have zero touch. Like I think Chris Livingston is the case is with, like, I think is the case with Chris Livingston. Can't even speak. Um, I have a lot of trouble buying. Like he, he just can't hit a shot from anywhere. Um, I think that the touch on finishes is horrendous. It's not quite like Andre Jackson bad, where he's just never going to be able to score anything ever. But it's pretty bad. Uh, he can't like the shooting is bad. Not in terms of like mechanically or form, but like he has zero touch, and it, it it's it's like everywhere on the court, whether it's layups put backs like no matter what it is it feels like he just can't get the ball in the rim very well it's always hitting the side of the rim or you know off the backboard like it's just it's not good to me um I think he also has a lot of I I don't know if it's even proprioception it's more he's just got poor awareness um like with where defense is and where he is and when the ball is in his hands like he he seems to really struggle with how um to adjust with defenses and and where like help is coming from like he just doesn't see where the defense is a lot of the time and he gets the ball poked away from behind from the side uh i think it really limits his upside like as a playmaker where he just um not not only doesn't see everything but also is just um because of that taking advantage of by whoever he's playing against so um, I I just didn't really see anything offensively that I bought at any sort of NBA level. The shot definitely looked like I mean he it, it improved a lot over the course of his high school career, uh, and then he just like he could not shoot but for whatever reason this year. Um, I I I think in high school he kind of worked as a slasher like his best skill uh, uh as a senior especially playing for that 3 SSB team was just like running a secondary pick and roll and just making consistently solid reads like i think he kind of gets labeled as this like dumb like low field player but i don't think that's true he actually can make some okay reads um he's not like a high level passer but he can do that a little bit he is a solid cutter um when he's used that way the issue was that for whatever reason cal just cannot like use multiple guys he's great at showcasing a post and one guard he's bad at whenever he has multiple guards like balancing that and we've seen that consistently when he had tyler hero and Keldon johnson he made tyler hero look great and Keldon johnson looked pretty bad when he had uh, Tyrese Maxey and Emmanuel quickly quickly looked great and um and Maxey looked kind of mid um you know that's just kind of how it goes and this year it was Kassan Wallace Kassan Wallace looked good and Livingston is not the caliber of those I'm not going to try and sell you on like oh he's actually like the secret Kentucky guard who's going to have like some big jump but 
I think there's maybe a little bit more to his game offensively than we saw. He is still just too stiff. Like, like again, his biggest issue is that he's just so stiff. He's just so damn stiff. He can't move comfortably. Um, but I do think that there is something there with him, like just being able to kind of slash, um, kind of cut. And I'm not like super into Livingston. Like I'll, I'll get into where I have him ranked. Like I have Livingston in my uh, definitely, definitely uh, like a top UDFA, not top UDFA, definitely like a summer league guy, right? Like this is a guy who I would give a summer league spot to. Um, he's actually near the top of that just because if you get him out of the confines of that awful Kentucky offense, like, does he look okay? Maybe not. I don't know. Like I, I liked a little bit of what I saw from high school. None of his high school stuff to me was like, Oh, that's so good that it can overlook like what he did at the college level. But I also think it's not hard to see like Cal kind of fucked him over a little bit and whether that's for the good of the team or not, that's not for me to say, but I just think like, there's just a little bit more with him as a decision maker, as a cutter, someone who can hit some open shots. I just buy it a little more. And, and Stone, I know you're super low, so do you kind of want to give your uh, your overall ranking of him? Yeah, I mean, I just he, he to me doesn't offer a whole lot on either end of the court. So like it's he's young uh, in comparison to you know all the auto eligible guys I'm gonna have in his range. Um, so you know maybe there's there's hope with that. And I agree with you that he can make some nice reads, but for me, it just doesn't um, outweigh the the lack of awareness of, you know, where the defense is on the court. So I have him ranked uh, 148th on my board um, as a guy I would possibly give a summer league invite to. He wouldn't be in my priority uh, type range. I, I mean, uh, and 148, to be clear, like, once you get to a certain like that's just all one tier for me it's not so much about the numerical ranking it's just that he's in i shouldn't have even said the ranking because he's basically just in the tier of guys i would maybe give um a summer league invite to that's that's where i I view him and i think that's fair right like that's not i'm not uh upset by that ranking at all we're actually closer than it seems even though i was giving the positive side let's talk about jacob Toppin. speaking of old guys he's a may 8th 2000 birthdays 23 years old now that's not that old actually compared to there are plenty of guys in this draft who are 24 25 um there's even a couple who are like 26 or deandre williams i believe is turning 28 next year so you know um there's this i I was thinking sorry to cut you off but i I was thinking is this the first time in nba history in a draft where there's been someone that's literally a decade older with him and gg jackson like has that ever happened before probably i mean Probably because there's that one time in like the 90s where uh, the Jazz drafted a 26 year old in the lottery. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so it was like a 26 year old European big man because the draft used to be fucked. Like, remember, like people. Forget, and you like, had high school, I forget yeah. too. Yeah. So, like, like, like NBA teams have not gotten good at the draft until very, very recently. You know what I mean? That's just kind of how things have gone in sports in general. You see that with a lot of sports. Like, in hockey, I believe, like when it was new, like it just takes forever for teams to get good. Or women's basketballs, because it's kind of new, the WNBA, like pretty bad at drafting right now. There's a lot of just like, holy, holy hell, what the what is this team thinking? Like, there's a lot more of that in the WNBA or wherever because the league's smaller. There's a lot less like consensus data, and also the money isn't in those leagues to the same extent as in the NBA yet. So, anyways, Jacob Toppin. 
May 2023 years old. Listed at 6'9", 205. Uh, he is, of course, the younger brother of Obi Toppin, who was also a 23-year-old when he entered the draft, I believe. Um, so shout out to that. Um, Toppin spent one year at Rhode Island where he barely played. Like, he was not, like, some high-minute guy. And then he transferred to Kentucky. Uh, I don't know exactly how that worked. But um, at Kentucky, in his by his senior year, he played three years at Kentucky by his senior year. He's averaging 12.4 points per game on 46.3. 30.5, 66.4 shooting splits, grabbed 6.8 rebounds, 2.2 assists, 0.5 steals, 0.5 blocks, 1.5 turnovers. Um, had a 51.8% true shooting, pretty bad from a forward. We'll talk about obviously the weird Kentucky stuff in a minute, but that's pretty rough. Um, did have a 7.3% offensive rebound rate, which is good. Uh 13.6% assist rate to 11.4% uh turnover rate, 0.9 steal rate, 1.7 block rate. He dunked 28 times this year while I'm playing in pretty bad spacing. That's pretty good. 68.2% at the rim is really good. 38.3% on far twos is pretty good. All those numbers look good. It's just the three-point percentage and the free throw percentage both look really bad. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess the place to start with Toppin is the offense because that's probably more the cells, like an offense first forward, just like his brother. Um, Stone, how do you feel about Toppin's offensive game? It's pretty limited, uh, simplistic, but I, I kind of like it. Um, I think that he is, I mean, obviously uber athletic. Like he shares that trait with his brother. Uh, I'm not comparing them as players, but just as athletes, like they obviously can really get up there and, and, and fly as dunkers. Like I think in the dunker spot is where he excels. I also kind of liked, um, like it's not reliable by any means, but there's, flashes of it where he's got like some face up mid-range game i don't think he's going to be able to space the floor to three like i don't really think that's a part of his game but i do think he has some you know like mid-range uh type of um flashes that he showed uh, i think he's a really good cutter and i think that matters when you're talking about the sort of athlete that he is um he's a really good lob catcher and i think that he can cut and leave the ground from pretty far away from the rim he doesn't have to get super close and wait for uh, by that time for him to get to the rim and, and wait for a rim protector to get over as easily. I think it could leave the ground before a rim protector realizes, you know, I need to be over in this position. Um, I think he has a fairly decent step attacking the rim off the catch. Like, I don't think he's going to create anything himself, but uh, if he has an open lane and is able to do like some straight line drives, I think he's can rip it fairly fast off the catch uh, and, and get downhill. And the dribble is, uh, good enough for him to do that. Like, I don't think he has much of a handle, but I think it's enough for him to be able to drive with it. So, uh, I think it's pretty limited offensively, but in for what he is, like, I, I tend to actually somewhat like it. I'll say that, like, obviously, a horrible spot for him was Kentucky. Like, Kentucky just had, I mean, playing next to Oxford, he was just never going to work for him. Now, it's not that he needed a spacing center. But playing with a center who just wants to post up, like, is so it, – it's so obnoxious to me. I just think that you're um, – he he cannot be actualized. But, again, I mentioned, like, he is a great finisher. He's such a springy athlete. Like, off one, off two, um, doesn't need a super long load time. I feel like he could actually succeed as, like, a role man in the league. Uh, could be a great, a great transition guy. Um he can, you know, finish above the rim, obviously. He has pretty good – I want to say he has good touch as much as he, like, 
has a good feel for using angles as a finisher. Like he, he does a lot of the, like when he gets baseline jumping backwards to manufacture a, um, like a layup and, and he gets good. He gets fouled on those quite a bit. His free throw rate wasn't great, but again, I think a lot of that is just by proxy of playing next to Oscar Sheboy. Um, he is, uh, I don't, th- I don't like the handle very much. Like, I just think there's, um, not, a there's not much there except in transition. Like he can hit like one cross and get downhill, which is nice, but he doesn't have like a ton of bend or shift. He's just sort of kind of upright and stagnant and, while there's something fun with his game there, like to be able to every once in a while be like this uber athlete forward who can hit like a hard left to right cross and then, you know, p- pick up and, and explode off one foot and get above the rim. Like, that's great. I love that. But at the same time, like, I just don't love, I, I, I just don't love everything there with his offensive game. I was thought he's, he's really bad at like seeing advantages for himself or others. Like, there's multiple times where Kassan Wallace or someone throws him this head head pass in transition. He has a lane. If he goes hard, he could get to the rim and finish or have a dump off for Sheboy or something. But instead, he kills his dribble, backs out, and then gets it back to Kassan. And it's like, okay, maybe that's just because they're playing slow, whatever. But then it's in the half court, too, like he'll hit a hard move. The, def- the defenders shift off, shift off of him. But then he goes backwards and the defender can recover and he has no advantage. And it's the same with his passing where it's like he catches on on in transition. Someone's running the floor hard. If he throws it over the top pass, it's a wide open dunk. But instead, he gets into his dribble game or um, even like it's not as bad as someone we're about to talk about, but he can dribble with his head down sometimes. Um, He can kind of just like not be looking at all. I think he's he will be at his best used as like a rim runner uh roll man four um you know so i i don't know like what that value is we kind of talked about you know this with his brother uh obi like where it's like that's cool and obi's managed to be an okay like nba player i i actually sort of like jacob like like about to a similar degree that i liked obi even though obi obviously was like national player of the year in 2020 or whatever the difference is that uh, Obi played on a perfect system for him and Jacob Toppin played in a horrible system. So, you know, is there something there with him offensively? Definitely. Like anytime there is a, uh, like anytime there's a, a big six, nine, you know, like guy who could finish like that, who's that athletic, like there's something there, but I just, I don't really buy a ton offensively to make him like an offense only forward. Stone, how do you feel about uh, his defense? Is there something more there with him defensively? Um, I mean, not really, but I don't think he was like atrocious defensively. Um, against like forwards and wings, I felt like he can do okay. Uh, he's best, obviously, like in the role, the low, the low, um, man position where. I think he can be like a really solid help side rim protector, not only because of the athletic traits, but I do think he recognizes things fairly well off ball. Um, I don't think he's outside of that, a good off ball defender. Like he's not doing anything outside of just seeing where guys are are coming towards the rim and he can get there. Uh, But in that specific regard, I felt like he, he filled that role quite well. And I think he can in the NBA. Um, I mean, on ball, it's like I said, if he can stick on wings and forwards, um, I think he can do okay. I don't think he's going to give up much as an advantage guy, but I I think against guards, like he's not going to be able to hang. And I think 
against bigs, he's probably just not big enough. So I think that he's somewhat one-dimensional in terms of the versatility. Like, I don't think, despite him being a really good athlete and being, you know, bigger, he's probably just able to stick with wings and forwards. I don't think the footwork was particularly great on the perimeter, but uh, I think it's serviceable enough against, like, other backup wings and forwards. So I would say that, you know, in that sort of position and role where he's in the low man and can do what he does as a help side guy, like, I think it's serviceable as a backup. Uh, I didn't really like his help defense much, honestly. Uh, he just seems really out of position a lot. He uh, and some of this again is playing with Sheboy. Like I, I honestly think like Sheboy was such a strong negative defensively that it's hard for me to judge Toppin too much for like their horrible rim protection. Um, but like I, he just isn't like much of a factor there. I don't think right now. Um, I, what I will say is I think he can switch probably. So like if you're playing him at the five as like a backup five, you know, he can run the floor hard. He can, he can pick and roll a little bit. If you pass him the ball, like on the perimeter, he can hit like one move and go against a big. And then defensively he can switch a little bit. Like, is he going to be kind of food sometimes? Yeah. But he's not horrible out on the perimeter. Um, his biggest issue is that he just like, he takes like these like long bounding strides left and right. And like, that just leaves him so open to guys creating space off the dribble. Like Keontae Johnson really abused that in the Kansas state game and would just like, like go hard, right? Stop hard. And like, because Toppin's taking these like long bounding steps, like when he stops Toppin's like way out of position and he has to like flip. Also Toppin is always trying to contest with his left hand. Like, so even if like he's, backward like he's kind of back and like he just needs to go up with his right hand he'll try and jump forward and get up with his left which um you know i get but like that's something that it's hard for me to see as like a 23 year old like he just kind of plays a little raw on both ends for like a 23 year old which does worry me but in terms of like where i'll rank him he feels like a he feels like a fairly fine summer league bet just like just like livingston i prefer livingston just ever so slightly because he's four years younger um, but I don't think like, I, I think with Toppin as like, as like a forward center bet, right. Someone who can, um, kind of run and transition again, like I said, and, and be that type of guy. Like I like him a little bit. He's, he's just super athletic. He can really finish. Like I said, maybe he can switch. So talking about that as like a, as like a bet in a backup five. Okay. I'll bring that into summer league. If he looks good at summer league, keep him on my G league team. And then if he's good on my G League team, maybe he can work his way to a two-way. I think there's something there. Again, like the age is honestly my biggest worry. That's my biggest worry with so many of these guys towards the back end of this draft. It's like, how often do 23-year-olds that I don't think are already like NBA good become NBA good? It's just not something you see very often. So like to say, hey, I'm really betting on top end to develop is just a bit of a worry for me. Stone, where are you at with him? Yeah, I mean, I think he is what he is. Like, the top end, what he showed at Kentucky is pretty much the top end you're going to get. And to me, that is a guy I would consider with the two-way. He wouldn't be a priority two-way call. I wouldn't be, like, you know, scrambling to get him as an undrafted free agent. But I would, now that teams have three two-ways, like, there's just a lot more options, I think. Uh, I mean, I have a, a pretty big um, tier of guys I would in my would consider with a two way because of that. And I think that uh, Toppin is one of them. Like, I just think that as someone that can be in that sort of backup role who 
provide uh you know a vertical threat and can on offense and can cut really well uh and and do that and maybe face up here and there and then um not be a, a liability defensively like i think that there's maybe a role for that somewhere on on the team um so i would i would consider giving him a two way uh yeah let's move on to the next guy we're talk about and that's matthew meyer uh matthew meyer meyer is 6'9", 225-pound forward from uh, from Illinois. Played at Baylor before playing at Illinois. Uh, he's a September 23rd, 1999 birthday, so he's 23. He'll turn 24 before the start of his rookie season. Um, he was at that – he was on those Baylor teams. He was on the national championship Baylor team. There were people who were once in my mentions telling me he'd be a lottery pick. Um, you know, I, I do wonder how that went. Uh, he – Probably most known as like an outside shooter scorer, but nothing's ever really like come together for him to actually be like a high level player, even at the college level. Like his senior season at Baylor, he played 22.7 minutes per game and averaged less than 10 points. Then he transfers to Illinois. He plays 26.5 minutes per game and averages 12.5 points. Those are not bad minutes and and scoring numbers, but they're not particularly good either. And that 12.5 points came on 40.7, 33 74.1 74.1 shooting splits, uh, grabbed 5.3 boards, 1.1 assists, 0.8 steals, 1.2 blocks, 1.4 turnovers. You know, actually like a 4.7 block rate is pretty good. 1.7 steal rate for a 6'9 guy, pretty good. Uh, we'll talk about the defense in a minute, obviously, but 54.6% true shooting uh, on 24% usage, not great. Uh, and then also only at an 8.4% assist rate. Um Let's start with the offense because I think that again that's probably where the sell is for him. Stone, how do you feel about Myers' offense? Does he do something like at an NBA level? I don't really think so. Like that's the issue. Like he can do some interesting stuff. I just don't think it's to the talent level of what he would need it to be. Like he can handle a little bit, but he's really stiff. Um, Generally, doesn't create any advantage, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, But he's not like uncoordinated or anything especially for his size uh he's real herky jerky mover it's just like really um not fluid in any regard he can't really explode um i mean he can shoot that's the thing but it's like really streaky um he's the type of guy that can go hit three threes and then uh, you know the next game he's 0 for 5 it's just really up and down with him um, and there's really no consistency, like even from shot to shot, like he can hit three and then miss the next two. Like it's just really up and down. Um, and I don't think it's really anything to do with the touch or the mechanics. Like, I think he's just really a streaky type guy. Um, I think he can speed it up if he needs to, which was interesting to me. Like if um, there's someone closing out and he has to really rush the mechanics of his shot, it doesn't affect it too much. Um, and then I think it can make like some connective passes here and there. It's not really, um, to a consistent enough level that I buy it, but like if he's attacking a closeout and, and somebody's making like a secondary cut along the baseline, occasionally he can find them. Um, but I don't think he's a particularly good finisher. He's got really bad explosion around the rim. The touch isn't good enough to compensate for it. So I just don't really see him as being, you know, that sort of guy. I don't, I don't mean to say this to be mean, but he plays like someone who doesn't really care about basketball. Uh, and I fully respect that. Like you do you, man. Like I, 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 I don't 
hate that like uh, for him as a person or anything but in terms of like nba stuff like he he just doesn't like do anything like he i think the handle's super fake he like dribbles with his head down um he it's it's almost funny sometimes like he's literally like looking at the ground as he's like hitting dribble moves he predetermines everything he's taking these like hard left right and right left step backs that just like never really look good they'll go in sometimes but never really look good he can shoot but he won't just like bomb away like he wants to dribble first he wants to do all this like handle stuff and he's just like not really that guy like his off ball movement is pretty awful like he can't really move off the ball well he is just pretty stagnant in general um I I don't know like he kind of frustrates me and he's also just a really bad passer like he whether it's whether it's an apathy thing or a vision thing it's probably a vision thing because again he's like looking at the ground as he dribbles but like he is not someone who sees passes well at all um and he'll turn it over quite a bit trying to dribble through crowds like he can't really dribble through crowds either so there's not really a ton offensively other than like he is six nine and can shoot like he actually can shoot the, the numbers have never been great um he's a career uh 33.9 uh three-point shooter but like he can definitely shoot it's just that can he do anything else and like is he going to shoot off the catch like is he going to be willing to just bomb away off the catch i don't know let's talk about his defense because while i have my issues with it the stats are undeniably good like career 3.4 block rate career 2.8 steal rate like for a 6-9 guy holy shit like he must be kind of funky kind of interesting stone how'd you feel about the defense he set me up like that oh my gosh he must be interesting uh he's not spoiler alert um, he's just not that interesting. I think he's gonna get blown by on the perimeter. Uh, they can move okay, but he just not to a level that is. He he's just so stiff. Um, and it really I think comes into play when he's on the perimeter. I think he can be like a decent, uh, post up defender for whatever it's worth. But he's not really getting up there to alter shots or anything. Um, he's just able to hold his own in terms of his strength, but. Uh, I, I think against like some forwards and wings, he can be okay. Um, it's probably even just a lot less so than somebody like Jacob Toppin. Um, and I think that he's, uh, like I said, a really herky jerky mover. So if he's thrown off one way, um, it, he really struggles in recovery too. Like it's just, it's not really there for him. Um, I don't really buy anything defensively with him in terms of you know what he can do at an nba level at least like consistently and i think that that to me is somewhat of a worry when he's as streaky as he is as a shooter and is not offering a whole lot else on that end so um that's that's where i'm at with him he's gamble city man like i i I think the low motor actually plays a lot into his ability to like make plays as weird as that sounds because he'll just stand in one spot and like a lot of times college guards just aren't good enough to like punish him for it so it's like he'll just be at the rim and like can get like a help side block that way or um you know he is pretty long like and he can move laterally all right like he's really not he's really not awful there he just like like the motor just does not run at all it is like uh it, it is a complete non-starter for him um and, like, this has been an issue for me since this stuff at Baylor. Like, my biggest complaint about him when people were telling me he was a potential lottery pick was he's guarding with his hands down all the time. Like, he just, like, or, like, he's just late for no reason, for, like, an obvious rotation. 
And he's just you meant like we mentioned the issues on the offensive end. Like there's just not a lot there for me to latch on to and, and really enjoy about Meyer. So I guess where that takes me is just to where we have him. And for me, I have Meyer in my bet on wings forward. So it's like my as I'm kind of getting past my I definitely want these guys on my summer league team and into the more just like you know, whatever tier of wings and forwards, like these are those guys. Um, and I have Meyer below like Joey Hauser uh, and Tom Digbo, who are not guys I was particularly in love with. So um, he's at 101 on my board right now. By the, by the time I finish my board, he'll probably be about like 117, 120. Um, so that's just kind of where I'm at. Stone? Yeah, uh, I have him. Uh, well, I won't even say the ranking because like I said, at that point, it's just it's all about the tier and for me he's a, a guy i mean this is a massive tier so a guy would probably prioritize as a summer league guy just because i think that he can shoot decent and handle the ball a little bit and there's a little funk there but um definitely not someone i would really consider with any sort of nba contract or two-way contract uh more there just to be able to space the floor some for some other guys that i uh, we'll probably have on my my summer league team ideally. Uh, all right, let's move on to someone who I know you really like, and I was very low on. So, well, this will be a fun discussion because um, I feel like usually it's the other way. I feel like usually you're low on guys. Well, that's not true. Colby Jones happened this year, so uh, never mind about that. Um, but that's Jordan Miller. Uh, he's a six 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 seven hundred ninety five pound wing forward from Anaheim, California. Moved across the country to play college ball. Um, he is list. Uh, he is 23 years old. He's January 23rd, 2000 birthday. So he'll turn 24 about halfway through his rookie season. His rookie season will be his age 24 season, technically. Um, in his last two years, uh, so he started his career at George Mason and then played two his final two years at Miami. Uh, in his last season, he averaged 15.3 points per game on 54.5, 35.2, 78.4 shooting splits, grabbed 6.2 boards, 2.7 assists, 1.2 steals, 0.4 blocks, 1.3 turnovers. Um, so really good, like statistical profile. 61.6% true shooting, uh, 11.1 total rebound rate is not bad. 14.5% assist rate to a 9.6% turnover rate, 2% seal rate, 1.3% block rate. Had a fairly low usage at 19.9, which is not like it's not absurdly low, but he was playing next to Wong and Pack and guys who wanted the ball more. Even Wuga probably had a higher usage. Um, but for some advanced stats, he dunked 18 times this year, had only a 31.3% free throw rate uh, playing good spacing, so not great, but did shoot 68.5% at the rim, 44.3% from long to 78.4% at the line. So there's there's some bunk there. Stone, I know you're a big fan of Miller. Let's start with his offense. How do you feel about his offensive game? I like it. I mean, it's nothing flashy, nothing fancy. Um, and I think that, you know, uh, at times he can try and force things that aren't really there at the rim. That's probably the biggest drawback for me. Uh, but I think he just plays his role pretty well. Like I think he's um, a, a really simplistic passer, but I think he's really like quick and decisive. Like if he's making uh, a downhill drive or, or cutting and there's somebody else that he sees coming in his periphery, he can make a really quick passing read uh, or if he gets the ball and is out on the perimeter, he can just make a really you know, quick pass to somebody that is cutting. Like he's just got a lot of uh, decisiveness that I like about him. Um, I think the handle is okay. Like it's it's mostly just meant to attack downhill. Like I don't think 
it's uh it's really going to create much i think it's mostly just used as a vessel to um get himself where he needs to be um i think that the uh the touch isn't great to me like as a finisher um or as a shooter i think that it's it's not horrendous but it's uh, below good um and i but i think it's serviceable enough to where he can hit spot ups probably not to a level that you would want like he's probably not going to be you know 37% type guy but i think you know he can hit he can be a little up and down, but I think hit him at a, a reasonable enough rate when you consider what else he brings. Um, I don't think he's going to be like a real liability is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think that uh, he's got pretty solid like off bar recognition on both ends, which we'll get to. But I think as an offensive guy, and that helps with the processing and of being a decisive guy as a ball mover. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it, there's nothing really that stands out with him necessarily but to me there's no like glaring liability in the role that he'll probably play at the nba yeah i i i like a lot of his offensive game he's just you mentioned decisive 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 that's the easiest way to describe it like he's just very I I do like how like sure he is of what he's doing. Uh, that sixty one point six percent shooting is really good for a six six guy. Uh, now he was playing at the power forward. He was playing good spacing, but still like I don't think he's a great athlete, and that just kind of worries me overall. We'll talk about that defensively too. But like he's very he plays with like like good patience. He loves these little like he he posts up a lot. That's the one thing. Like a lot of his offense is post ups, and he loves to hit this like little like half fade and then step through with like the strong like the the foot that's away from the defender and extension finish he's great at that um he's excellent at just like little kind of manipulation moves to get defenders up in the air now i will say how will that translate i'm not sure because like wings don't like bench wings especially don't post up in the nba like you're not seeing any Dorian Finney-Smith post-ups like his game to me does feel just like a little more suited for like overseas ball like you just see like we've watched a ton of European games for this pod and and like you see that like you see guys like that post up Vincent Valerio Bodon post up like would post up like 12 times a game Jordan Miller could absolutely do that but whether it translates to the NBA I'm not sure but I do like his connective passing a little bit it's not great um, like in terms of like what he sees but it is quick it's like you said decisive like he's he catches the ball he's quickly moving on to a nigel pack or uh he's good at well you want to try and x out but you're a second late so i'm going to look at the rim like i'm gonna shoot and if you take that away i'll just shoot it and i think the shot is okay he can't really hit it off movement but he can hit open ones i think even though he's never been a particularly efficient outside shooter like that long two number and the free throw number give me enough hope to buy him as a shooter long term um, but I just like, I, I, I don't think there's anything like that. I really latch on to, he's not such a good shooter, such a good connective passer, such a good inside scorer that like any of that really stands out. Like he's the lack of athleticism combined with him, not being great at anything worries me enough that I just don't know that there's any skill that's really going to stick at the NBA level on offense. So stone, how'd you feel about his defense? Is there something more that I should buy into there? Well, first of all, you should buy into his offense more, but on defense, um, I think I like his off ball stuff a lot. I, the the on ball stuff, I'm not a huge fan of. 
I guess I'll start there. I think he's overly jumpy defensively. Like he bites a lot and really hard on pump fakes. He's not necessarily gambly. It's just that he's really jumpy. And I think that that limits his effectiveness as an on-ball guy. I also think that this is also, I think, part of a product of him having to play as a big for Miami being six foot six, like him and Omir were literal, like midgets amongst the men um, in college when they're going up against, you know, guys that are six inches taller than they are. Um, And I think that uh, he let a lot of guys just finish over him at the rim. Again, I think a lot of that is guys that are just way bigger than him being able to do that. But I think uh, he's also just not super, strong at the rim at being a um a guy that can be there on drives like if he's guarding other wings or other forwards who are driving on him from the perimeter and they get to the rim I think he's going to have trouble really altering a whole lot um I think that he also has really poor defensive ground coverage like if he's jumpy and someone gets by him, like that's probably going to be it. He's not getting back into the play, not for lack of trying, but for lack of the ability to do so. He's just not quick enough and doesn't have a long enough wingspan to really do so. Um, I think off ball, he projects to be solid, in my opinion. Uh, I really like the recognition defensively. Uh, He jumps passing lanes well, and not like in a gambly way. I think he just when he sees things developing and he sees, you know, this guy's about to pass it over to the corner. Um, he's pretty good at, at being able to jump that and, and take advantage. Um, and I think he can stick with his man. Like he's not uh, doing a whole lot of outside of, like I said, passing lanes, but he's not really creating outside of that. And I think uh, it, he just sticks with his man for the most part and isn't really losing track of him. Um and, and can be solid enough in that way. So I like the off ball out more than the on ball. Uh, yeah, no, I I think the off ball defense is pretty good. The lack of athleticism again really worries me, and just that like he's not a great playmaker. Um, you know, a one point three block rate is not great. Two steal rate is pretty good. I think that's mostly his hands. He's good pre rotator. Um, I did not really just like latch on to anything again on that end. Like I hate to sound like a broken record talking about this dude. And Stone and I had this conversation a little bit before the pod started where he was like, Bryce, you just like, you don't like guys enough who are just like good at everything. And while I think he's right probably, and that I've been wrong on some of those guys before, I'll also say that I struggle with guys who I don't know that any single skill like passes threshold. He's good at a lot of things. His, the one skill that I would say is the best thing is his like below rim finishing, but how valuable is below rim finishing in the NBA? Like you want guys who can get above the rim. Like that's kind of like the whole, the whole thing. And, and I just, I, I, he's not bad. He's really good. He's, he strikes me as like someone who could be a quad a player for his whole life. Right. Like someone who is, doesn't stick as in the NBA, but is like a really good overseas player or is a really great, um, you know, a really great G league player. And maybe eventually comes back over, um, but there's just nothing I latch onto. I, I wish he was a little younger. I wish he was a little thicker. Uh, I wish the shot was uh, either a little bit more there or he was a little more athletic as a driver. As of now, I just like, everything is okay. A lot of it's even good. Like the, like the awful defense is good. He's good rotationally. He did a lot to help cover up for the fact that, I mean, Miami would bring Norchado Mir out like way on the floor 
Like, and Miller had to be the guy who helped cover a lot of that, not as a rim protector, but as a rotator to make sure a pass isn't there. I like all that, but I don't think any of it is so good that I'm willing to bet on him like super highly. He's another guy who's in my tier of like, want him on my summer league team, but would not give him an immediate two way. Um, so that's just kind of where I'm at. And, and he's my, my second favorite prospect coming out this year from that Miami team. Um, so I'm I'm not like I don't want to seem like super low, but I I just there's nothing I, I really love. Uh, Stone, where are you at? Um, yeah, I also forgot really quick to mention I really like the as a help guy uh, when guys are driving towards the rim, when he's the one that's helping and not in more off ball. I really love the hands on strip attempts. Like it's a really minor thing, but I just want to bring it up. Like he's when guys get to the rim, able to really time well when he goes for that strip uh and a lot of times was able to prevent stuff from getting to the rim since they didn't really have a rim protector um anyways in terms of where i have him i have him 49th on my board uh somebody i would draft um this i mean i think this is more of a case of not we we have similar evaluations on him it's just a difference of how we value that uh i think that I, i just tend to buy guys that can do a lot and have a lot of ways to succeed in the NBA on any given night. Um, I think he can contribute in multiple ways. Uh, it doesn't stand out in a lot of ways, but I think there's a lot of potential to reach that threshold on any given night. Like it's not going to be consistent probably in every single aspect, but if he can do two, three things, well, uh, I think he has a, a role to maybe stick as like a, 10 12 minute a night backup type guy and somebody i would consider drafting yeah i think i think that's all three you're right we, ha- we have a similar evaluation on who he is but different on how we value it let's talk about my favorite guy we're gonna talk about all day uh the guy i'm highest on i've been in on this guy forever that's leaky black from north carolina um black One is of the been... best names too oh that's just like, that's such a good name. name oh it's so good it, i mean it might be he's probably all named first t- team for me in this in this class like easy maybe mvp he might maybe. be he might be the name mvp i mean or or mojave king it's gonna be close mojave close. king is good i also like i mean come on like come on grady we're, dick like like let's be let's be for real we're gonna put this out later today i think but tomorrow catch us tomorrow we'll try and start hopefully uh, i'll talk with you guys off air about it but hopefully like an hour early and mm-hmm. then we could do all handsome teams all uh all, all main name teams, teams. yeah we'll, we'll try and get our ballots in for all that stuff but uh make sure you do check us out still waiting on confirmation we'll tweet it out onto where what platform we're going to be on but uh obviously we'll be live for the draft we'll be live somewhere we're, we we will always exist um but yeah let's Leaky Black is uh, 6'9", 205 pounds. That seems about right. Um, he got measured at the G League Elite Combine. He might have come in a little smaller, but he's like he's like plus wing size, but still plays as like a 3-4, I would say. His real name is Rayshon, actually. He's Le- Rayshon Leaky Black. That's dope. That's an even cool. Like, uh, I think that takes away a little bit, though. Like, if Leaky was your first name, that would be, that would be killer. That's fair. Um, he's a June 14th, 1999 birthday, so he's already 24 uh, actually just recently turned 24 so happy birthday uh leaky black um he played uh all five years at north carolina um and by a senior year uh was averaging 32 minutes a game 7.3 points on 41.1 32.6 70.2 shooting splits grabbed 6.5 boards 
1.5 assists, 1.3 steals, 0.8 blocks, 0.9 turnovers, 2.1 fouls. I don't know why I said fouls. Uh, 50.8% true shooting is pretty rough. 17% defensive rebound rate, 6.4 offensive rebound rate, both good, especially considering he was playing the three lots of times. Like North Carolina likes to play two bigs or two big adjacent players. Like he was playing the three a lot. Um, 2.3 steal rate, 2.5 block rate, uh, 8.4 assist rate, 10.9 turnover rate. Let's start with the defense because that's the obvious sell for me. Oh, also I should mention, uh, he had 12 dunks, shot 64.2% at the rim. Um, really bad on long twos, 26.8%. Um, but you know, didn't turn the ball over much and, and some stuff there. The defense is where I want to start. I I'm going to get really micro and start with one specific game. I, I watched the Alabama game. Uh, North Carolina versus Alabama for this. I've seen this game three times now. Um, it might be the most in- impressive individual prospect performance of this whole cycle to me. The work that Leaky Black did on Brandon Miller, like he was absolutely suffocating. Miller went, uh, he scored 14 points on 21 shots. I believe 23 shooting possessions because he got fouled a couple times. Um, that's insane. That is like, uh, I mean, truly insane defensive work from black not to mention that he had four steals and three blocks in that game i think i have never seen a wing defender take over a game like that at the college basketball level but he was the reason that game went to ot like he would or to four ot's or whatever the fuck it went to like it was him he was the best player on the floor by a mile and listen he's 24 like like obviously the age is going to be a worry we're going to talk about that but to me the defense is the the whole package He's an elite on-ball defender against Winks. He's quick. He can get through screens. He's long. He has elite hands to like get in get in the handle ball hand like of Wings, especially like getting their handle and really bother them. Uh, his contests are great. Obviously, like any defender, like he's gonna get beat sometimes. Like dudes are gonna get buckets, but nothing ever comes easy when you're guarded by Black. He is going to get over screens. He's gonna execute well if you're running off ball. There were a couple possessions where. Um, Alabama would try to do these like really complicated loopy things for Brandon Miller to come off screens to get shots where he would bring the ball up, pass it off, kind of come around two off ball screens and Black's ability to manage where Miller was and still see the ball and make sure he was where he needed to be in help. Like so they would do like, so Miller would set like a rub screen for a big. Well, Leaky Black was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that the big can't just catch a lob. So he sticks on Betty Ako for a second. And then he gets off Betty Ako as soon as Baycott's there, gets back to Miller. Like just, oh, it's so impressive. And he's been like this. Like he's been this guy. Honestly, like I would have drafted Leaky Black two years ago. I, I don't know why NBA teams were so. Obviously the offense is a question and we'll get to that. But I think his defense is elite. To me, he's, I mean, he's the easiest bet to be like a day one great defender. Like he is potentially the Herb Jones of this class defensively. Like in terms of just like this dude immediately steps in, it's like, oh, holy shit. Like he is a top five wing defender in the NBA. I buy, I buy like guys like Julian Phillips, maybe a little more long-term because Phillips is 19, but still like in terms of immediately going to be a positive on-ball wing defender, he's there. Not to mention, he seems like, a, like, like he's always in the right place rotationally. He's a perfect mix of instincts without over gambling but still being long and, and athletic enough to kind of get into lanes and, and bother guys. His digs are great. He just does everything for me defensively, it, except for he's not like an elite second side rim protector because he's not super explosive vertically. But other than that, like he does everything I would want from my wing defender. 
Uh, Stone, are, are you with me there, or, or was, do you have some some more questions with his defense? Uh, I don't really have a whole lot of questions. Um, I think that he's really good as an off-ball guy. I think he hit on a lot of it. Um, I think that um, recognizing like the open man um, where he's rotating, where it's like if, if somebody's left open and he's on his guy, he can really get there quickly and, and be able to cover that. Um, good and like they played him a lot as like a roamer in, in a, a lot of their defensive schemes. And I think that, I mean, there are times where he's tracking like three guys simultaneously. Uh, I think that's really important in that sort of off ball role um, on ball. I think he's really solid too. I think he's probably sticking more with like, you know, wings and forwards. I don't know if he, I don't think we saw him in a lot of situations. We probably did earlier in, in other years. Um, I just probably didn't pay enough close attention, but uh, I, I don't think like against super bursty guys at the guard position, he'll be like lockdown type, but I think he can be that maybe uh, more for wings uh, in forwards. And I think he did a pretty good job uh, as an on-ball guy too. So I think on, in both aspects of defense or in, I guess every aspect of defense, like I think he just is really, really solid. I don't know if he's quite like, I don't know if I'm with you in terms of like Herb Jones level of elite, elite defender, but I think he can be like really, really good. Um, I just don't know if he's quite as, he's probably not the athlete quite that Herb is. And I don't know if he's, you know, quite got the measurables, but I think that he's really good at what he does in his role. And I think um, that obviously matters quite a bit. Yeah. I mean, obviously Herb Jones is like a, like that's like a top end for him, but like, I do think he's a guy who like, he's super underrated. I, he probably doesn't get drafted, but he's a guy who teams are immediately like, we got to keep this guy around because he might be one of the top, like, I, I think he, like early in his career, he'd be a top 10 to 15 wing defender in terms of just like, you need someone to put on Kevin Durant. Like he, he could be a top 10 guy in the league to do that. And that might sound crazy to some, but he's long. He's he's so quick laterally. He gets over like I think it's pretty rare for guys his size to go over screens. The only guy who he reminds me of in terms of getting over screens at his size is Herb Jones, and I think that's where a lot of my like pointing that out comes from. Um, we move on to the offense because this is obviously a big issue. Um, he actually like is not a bad ball handler. Like he has some moves. He's able to survive with the ball in his hands. He can't like runs on a pick and roll or anything like that. I'm not saying he can, but like he's not going to dribble off his foot. So if he can get a closeout, he can probably attack a closeout and complete an advantage. The question is whether or not he's going to get a closeout. And the shot has always been the question for him, right? Like for the first time he played real minutes, um, which he's, I mean, he's played real minutes his whole career, except for his freshman year, he shot 25% for three. And then he shot 22% for three and then took a jump up last year. And he shot 33%. And then it kind of, as you took more attempts, it fell to 32.6%. Now, he's a career 73.5% free throw shooter on fairly low volume. The touch is not great. I mentioned that long, those long twos, like that's not good. I think if he can just hit wide open shots, he's an NBA player. Like if he can just hit wide open corner threes, he's an NBA player. Um, now, can he do that? It's a bit of a question. He, like I said, he shot 32.6% from three last year. It's not like that's a ton of contested shots. Like teams would just leave him. Teams would be comfortable with him taking open shots from 
from deep. He's not willing to take very many. Like he'll take some in the flow, but for the most part, like he wants to put the ball on the ground. He wants to move the ball. Like he does not want to be the guy to take that shot. He knows he's a defense first player. He'll get on transition and run. But like, other than that, like there's just not a ton there offensively. Uh, Stone, do you feel like there's anything to build off with him on O? Um, no, <laughs> I just don't think he's a very good offensive player. Um, that that's where it all falls apart for me. Like I really want to like Black, but he's old and he doesn't really do much offensively. Like, like we say with, I feel like every we say this with everybody that's really good on defense but doesn't have offense. Oh, they can cut. But like, if everyone can cut that plays really good defense, then what's separating them, right? Like, I think that that's something that we don't talk about as much, uh, just as a whole, but also probably me individually. Um, and I think that that sort of matters. Like, I think he's pretty good at like, uh, keeping the ball moving. And I actually kind of liked his passing, uh, as like an open, uh, finding the open guy and like reactivity. Um, if, if there's like a scramble situation and he gets the ball and he sees there's an open guy, it's really good at getting the ball to them. Um, but outside of that, like, I don't think he's, I wouldn't necessarily call him like a connective type passer. Um, I don't buy the shot really at all. I don't think he's very confident in it. I don't think the touch is good. Um, I just don't really see a way it works. Um, he can hit an occasional spot up, but it's just really probably far and few between and too low of a volume to really matter so i don't know i'm just i don't really see it with him offensively yeah let's take the overall rankings and i'm not going to argue with you much right like like i mentioned i i just i i just buy like the defense to such a level that i'm willing to take a bet on him even though he's old even though he's you know like can't really do much on offense if he can just hit open threes at like a 33% clip, he's a rotation player in the league. I strongly believe that. I'm at 44 in my draftable two-way flyers uh, right above Charles Bediaco. Um, I consider even moving him. So at the bottom of my draftable guys who are on a full contract is Max Lewis. And I thought about moving him into that tier and having him like, there's a chance that like I'd give him a full contract, honestly. I, I'm really that high on him. I just think wing defenders like this are so rare. There, there are not a lot of guys who who can legitimately guard the best wings in the NBA. That's why someone like Herb Jones has been a valuable NBA player despite being dog water on offense because you like there's just not a lot of guys. Not a lot of guys can go out there and guard a Brandon Ingram every night. Can guard a you know a, a Kevin Durant or a Kawhi Leonard. Like there's just not a lot of guys who can do that. And you will bend your roster building to fit them in. Like an Aaron Gordon is, you know, Aaron Gordon was fucking phenomenal in the finals this year, especially defensively, especially on Jimmy Butler. And he has his warts as a player. Like now he's a better offensive player than Black. I don't want to like compare Black to the fourth overall pick in 2016 or whatever. Like that's obviously unfair. But in terms of the value of these players, if they hit, it's so high. And I think he is the type of player who is just rare to find. And I, I'm going to take a bet on that as a draftable guy. Um, Stone, where are you at with Leaky? Um, <laughs> that, I mean, okay. I'm all for going with your guy, right? So, I mean, credit to you. Obviously, my board is insane. Um, <laughs> for, and it, it's wacky. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you like him that much, and I, I see your points, I just, 
I think I'm not there with him. And I, I don't have as much confidence as you in terms of it hitting. Like, I think that's what's holding me back. Like, I think, I think if he were to hit, I agree with you that like he can, he can return that sort of value as like a top 50 type guy, top 40 even, or even higher, who knows, but I just don't have really any confidence in it hitting. Um, and for that reason, like maybe I should have him a tier higher in my, maybe I should have him in my like would consider with the two way, but I have him as like a priority summer league type guy just because I don't really feel like there's anything there on offense. I felt like with Har- with Herb, um, obviously I was wrong about him and you were right with him too, and maybe I'm making the same mistake again, and it's like deja vu type. But um, I, th- I think that he's just not, uh, not as advanced even offensively. I think Herb can handle the ball a little bit more. I think he's more willing to shoot, even if it's not to a high degree. Um, I think he was just willing to do more on offense, and I think – uh, had a little bit more capabilities with it. And I think Leaky's just not quite at that herb level defensively either. So for me, the the margins of how Herb succeeds are quite thin because if there's a lot less, if there's anything really less than to what Herb is right now, to me, it's really tough to see that player succeeding. And I don't think that, I, I really see that with Black at this moment for me to consider uh, giving him a, a draftable spot or a two-way. I, I think that's fair. And, and just we can disagree to the degree on which he's a good defender, and that's that's fine. But I, I, I just that's where I'm at. I think these guys are super valuable. Let's talk about another defense first, defense only wing. That's Caleb McConnell from Rutgers, another 24-year-old, just turned 24. His rookie season will be his age 24 season. He's 6'7, 200 pounds. He's not 200 pounds. There's no way he is 200 pounds. Um, This season at Rutgers, he played 33.8 minutes per game, averaged nine points on 39.5, 20.3, 65 shooting splits, grabbed 5.5 rebounds through 3.1 assists to 2.1 turnovers, 2.5 steals, uh, 0.4 blocks. Uh, Cover your ear, Stone. He had a 44.6% true shooting this year. Uh, his career true shooting is 46.5%. Um, since his freshman year, and in his freshman year, he only played 15 minutes a game. He has never had a true shooting above 50, um, including a year where he had a 38.4% true shooting, just to kind of give you guys a taste. Now, there is positives in this stuff. 17.4% assist rate to a 16.9% turnover rate. Not bad. That's a little closer than I'd like, but not bad. 4.6 steal rate, 1.5 block rate. Um, he did dunk five times, shot 65.3% at the rim, uh, not on very high volume. Uh, so it's really all defense with him. Now he's a very different defensive prospect than Leaky Black. When we're talking about defense only wings, the difference is that Leaky Black, I mentioned, is more of like an on-ball guy who does rotational stuff, but is not like a huge havoc creator by any means. McConnell is havoc incarnate. He is like, I mean, he played in college how Matisse Thibel has kind of played in the NBA. Um, and that he's just roaming everywhere. Uh, I think for me, the thing that's most impressive with McConnell's game is his reaction time on defense. He is so quick. He is just like, you know, his ability to, the pass is just about to leave someone's hand and he's already like, I know where it's going to go. I'm going to be there. Super impressive. He like, he had like a 4.6 steal rate is good. It could have been even higher because like he gets a lot of deflections he just has a he has a real nose for the ball he is constantly making plays 
constantly wreaking havoc away from the ball at the nail. He can do it on the perimeter. Rutgers would press some. He's a he's an elite elite event creator. Stone, are you are you with me? Do you have anything else to say on his like event creation? And then if you also want to talk a little bit about what he's like as an on ball defender, go ahead. Yeah. Um. So I McConnell's a guy I really like. I've liked him last year a little bit. Um. I think that he. Uh, I, I liked Geo Baker at Rutgers. Like I just enjoyed watching that team, and I um, McConnell caught my eye a little bit, just as, uh, as like a periphery type guy. Um, so coming into this season, I wanted to keep tabs on him. Um, I think that he's an absolute hound on defense. Like I think he's just um, off ball. I I don't really have any disagreements, and I don't really want to add too much but i mean he's just making it impossible for guys to receive passes like to the point where that he can completely take somebody out of a game just because they can't receive a pass like he's he's that level of defender he is sticking with them the entire game not giving them an ounce of uh breathability um to really get anywhere closer to the rim or closer to the ball uh, as an on-ball guy, uh, I think he's just like an absolute hound. Where he's at the, he's going to be at the point of attack. I think that's like he, he's not two hundred pounds, like you're saying, and he's not like leaky sides to where he can be more on the wings. I think you're going to have to play him at the point of attack against other guards. But I think in that role, he can completely um, fill it to a really high level. Uh, he's making it really difficult for guys to get around him. I think in that sort of way that he's um he, he's just wherever he is whether it's off ball or on ball it's just really hard for anybody to get any sort of pass or shot off like he's just going to make it hell for you and i think that that's really important um we'll get into you know how he does nothing on offense but uh i think that he's really scrappy on the boards he moves super well laterally um to me as like a guard defender, uh, which is what he profiles to be, he's not going to be super versatile in the in the amount of people he can defend. I don't think he's somebody like Marcus Smart that can move up to guard, you know, power forwards. I don't think that's McConnell. He doesn't have that same sort of beef. Um, but I think that uh, for the most part, unless he's gambling, uh, trying to reach from behind a little bit, like if guys get past him, he can really gamble a little bit in that regard that's really the only drawback i have with him defensively um but overall i don't feel like he's overly gambly i think he just is a hound on both on and off ball and is gonna make it hell for whoever he's guarding so to me that is like your quintessential point of attack defender and i think mcconnell is that yeah, no, I think I think that's all fair. Uh, I like him at the point of attack. I, I I'm probably a little lower on him than you. I thought his screen nav was somewhat inconsistent, but I prefer him as like an off ball like roamer. That's what I want him doing. So like when his best on ball skill is point of attack, and I worry about him on wings, it does worry me a little bit. But like I think he's really good at getting through off ball screens. Again, like his playmaking on defense is insane. I think there's probably a role for him somewhere to do that type of stuff. Um. Issue with McConnell, much like Black, is the offense. And I would argue that McConnell is like a far, like probably even a worse offensive player than Black because Black can at least kind of slash hard and finish at the rim. Like Black, if he had played in better spacing, 
would have been a little better. Played with better passers, I think would have been a little better. McConnell just like does not really have an offensive game at all. He can make some nice pick and roll passes, but he's not going to be running pick and roll in the NBA. And he's not like a quick ball mover either. He's much more of like a good passer when he has time, when he has some some uh, some specific reads to kind of work through. He's more of like a quarterback passer than like a you know like a connective passer in that way. And and he's not going to get those touches or reps to be like a pick and roll ball handler. I don't think because he just can't score at all. Um, and I really mean he cannot score at all. Like he just can't do it. Even in transition, like he's not great at like he's just not a very good athlete. He the shot is completely broken. Um, I just don't know that there's anything for him to do offensively. Stone, are you with me, or, or is there something you buy a little bit more? I know you're higher on McConnell. Just what's your overall feel? No, I mean I think he's a defensive ace, and not giving you really anything on offense. Like, uh, I don't really know why Rutgers used him the way they did because he was like on ball a lot of the time, where he just he's the one like and trying to initiate stuff and dribbling a bit, like. I think the handle's fine. It's not going to create really anything, but I don't think it's like you're you're afraid of when he puts the ball to the ground. It's not at that level or anything. Um, I think that uh, he can keep the ball moving. Um, your your typical uh, one way player stuff on offense that you can try and make a case for, right? Uh, he can maybe keep the ball moving. He can maybe cut, even though I think at Rutgers, he just wasn't really used in that role. He was, like I said, with the ball a lot of the time, so he wasn't able to show a lot of cuts. But I think, you know, that's that's what you're looking with him at, right? Like, maybe you can keep the ball moving, do some cuts. That's the extent of what I trust McConnell to be able to do at the NBA level on offense. Like, I don't think that there's anything really more than that that he's going to give a lot of teams on that end. Yeah, but that just gets us an overall ranking. And for me, where I'm at with him is I'd I I I'd want him on my summer league team. I want him on my G League team. Uh, but I don't I, I don't think I'd give him a two-way. I think his particular brand of defense, I mean this is where we differ, Stone. I think his brand of defense is far less valuable than um than uh uh um blacks at the highest level than Leaky Blacks. Um and I think that his offense is notably worse. Um, so that's just kind of where I'm at. Like, I, I don't think that there's he's, – he's a good, fun player. Like, I am rooting for him to succeed because dudes like him are so fun to watch. But I'm not – there's nothing I actually, like, latch onto and love with his game. So that's just that's just kind of where I'm at despite his, you know, elite playmaking off the ball. Yeah. Um, I like him more than Black. I mean, to me, I he's a guy I would prioritize as a a two way guy. Like I would, I'd be calling it up pretty quickly after the draft or or during the draft. You know, during the last couple of picks and being like, uh, I want you on my team. Um, on one of those two ways, uh, I think he just makes it impossible for guys to do anything. Um, like if he's on you on the off ball, he's just taking you out of the game, in my opinion, and that's really important um i i think that he gets through screens for me i thought he gets through screens pretty well um I, like i think that he is a, a one-way player a specialty player like i think 
Um, he's very much one dimensional in that he's uh, shutting guys down um, with his off ball defense and maybe um, can uh, be a really high level point of attack defender, but he's giving you basically nothing on offense. Uh, but I think for me, there's room on teams for that. Like if you're in a playoff situation and you just need somebody to really like muck the game up and uh, stop somebody from being able to get hot as like a catch and shoot type guy. Like I think that McConnell can fill that role to me. And I think that that is worth taking a bet on uh, and giving a, a two-way contract to. Yeah, I think that's all fair. Um, let's move on to the last guy we're going to talk about. Um, and that's, uh, or not the last guy we're talking about, sorry, the last chunk of guys we're going to talk about, and that's all overseas guys. Um, and we'll probably go quick on these. Uh, we've kind of gone probably a little longer than I expected on the first chunk. Uh, but let's start with Malcolm Cazalon. Malcolm Cazalon is a 6'6", probably more like 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, six, He's a two-guard. He's a two-guard. Uh, 190-pound wing from uh france he played for kk mega bmax this year they're not actually called that anymore i don't think they're they're called something else they're still mega basket but i don't think they're it's uh they go by sponsors in europe so they can like their names can change from season to season i think right now it's like mega soccer bet or something but it, it changes game to game well even the aba doesn't aba like like they're sponsored by like some betting service too. Yeah, it's it it, it goes it can be like league sponsors or certain team sponsors. I mean it's even just, we, I go yeah. I just say mega at this point. It's mega. We <laughs> talked about um Hefe playing in the Jeep Elite. Like that's literally a league named after their sponsor Jeep. It's kind of like sprint like like in NASCAR they have like a Sprint Cup. I don't know if it's still the Sprint Cup. I don't fucking watch NASCAR. But my grandpa does, so I watched it growing up some, and it was like the Sprint Cup, right? Or maybe they, it's like Verizon something now. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Anyways, uh, he's 21 years old. He's an August 27, 2001 birthday. So he'll turn 22 in about, uh, you know, two months, basically. Um, he started, like, I, he kind of burst onto the scene while playing for Asbel. Um, I can't, who else was on that team, uh, that Asbel team, um, that kind of where he blew up uh... a little bit? I don't remember. Was that Teo? Was that Teo Maladon? Was on that team with him? Uh, I I don't remember because it was either I can't remember if it was three or four years ago. That's where I'm getting mixed up. I don't I don't remember. Three or four years ago is where he he really started getting traction. Anyways, he's never fully come out. He's kind of always been like this interesting, but but no one's in love with this game. Well, now he's auto eligible. Last two years he's played for KK Mega B Max. This season, uh, I'll just give his stats across all leagues, probably because they played in, I mean, four different leagues. A lot of them are smaller and worse. And like, I like that he stepped up his game a lot against shittier teams. Like, say what you will about that. Uh, in in normal ABA play, he played 11, he, he averaged 11 points on 45.4, 32.7, 79 shooting splits. Uh, you grab 3.3 boards, uh, 2.7 assists, 1.7 uh, steals. 0.2 blocks, 1.9 turnovers. Um, I'm not going to give advanced stats. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. Uh, he had a 57.3% true shooting across all leagues, which is really good. Um, you know, a, a solid like 18.7 assist rate across all leagues. But that did, that assist rate dropped a lot against like better competition um, and was buoyed a lot when he played against the crappy competition. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, had a 3.5 steal rate against good teams, which is good, like in, in the proper Liga ABA. So, I think I want to start with this offense. Stone, what do you think in general of Kazalon's offensive game? 
I like it as an overseas player. Um, I, I don't know if it's quite what he does is at an NBA level. Um, I really think he's an awesome, like connective passer. Um, I feel like I overuse that term, but I, I think Catalan really does do that. Um, I think he can finish with either hand on either side. Uh, I don't think the finishing is necessarily explosive, but I think it is somewhat versatile. Um, I think that he is pretty slow. Like he's just not a very good athlete. Um, and I think that that matters because uh, even if he has like a, a, a attack that he, he has towards a closeout or towards um, if he's getting past guys, they recover fairly quickly on him. Like he's just not super quick and uh, he allows guys to get back into plays because he's just not fast enough to continue um, in that established advantage. Um, I think that he uh, doesn't really have a bag with his dribble. Um, like he can keep it alive. He's not like, you know, uncoordinated and he, he doesn't pick up his dribble a whole lot, which I liked, but he's, he doesn't have like many counters or anything. Um, and obviously can't really explode out of any moves. Um, I think that, uh, most of his offensive equity comes from being a guy who can cut and finish in versatile ways, be a really solid connective passer and be a streaky spot up shooter. Like I think it's very up and down with him. Uh, I don't think he's a liability. I just think kind of like with Meyer where it's, you're going to get a couple and then you're going to miss a couple with him. It's not going to be very consistent. Um, and I, I, obviously at the age that he is, like that's probably just who he is. That's not going to most likely change to a, a huge degree. So that's where I'm at with him on offense. Yeah. So I, I wish the shot was like actually really good. It looks okay. He'll take it. He took, let me check. He took quite a few uh, per game this year, I believe. Um, he would take like, like he's always kind of been someone who took a lot of threes and the percentage has never really been there. Uh, this year for KK, he took, you know, 4.1 in ABA play, took way more just like the crappier competition uh, for whatever that's worth. Um, but, you know, takes quite a few per minute and, and is willing to kind of bomb away sometimes. But it's just never quite been great. I feel like the touch on it is not great. Um, he struggles with like certain types of movement patterns as a shooter. Um, but I think he could probably hit spot ups. Uh, he can, he has a little bit of range on it. Um, I like his ability to tackle. You mentioned he's slow. He is kind of slow, but I actually do like when he finally turns on the jets and tries like just to put his head down and get downhill. I actually think there's something there. He can he can extend and finish. He's just not great at anything, and there's no bag there, like you said. I, I do agree with the connective passing. I'd even say it goes even kind of beyond connective passing. Like, I love his ability to throw lobs. Like, he's a great over-the-top lob passer, despite not playing with great, like, lob catchers. Um, but I, I, I think, like, there is something there in his game as a passer. It's just, it's just nothing, like special i guess and, and and there's nothing with this offense that sticks out maybe he can hit open shot he, he can't hit open shots maybe he can be more than that but it's un you know it's it's not completely clear there so you're kind of left asking like what it, you know what is like what comes next with his game and i just i don't know so 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 stone how do you feel about his defense do you think the defense is enough to kind of buoy him as a prospect um i think it's 
the off ball. Like I think he's really just a a sound player off ball. Like I don't think he's really making very many mistakes on that end. He's definitely like a seasoned professional. You can tell he's been playing for a long time at a professional level. His rotations are pretty crisp. He's not um he's not doing anything. Like he's not really creating anything or stopping anybody. Um, but he's also not like giving up any advantages or making any mistakes either. Um, on ball, I feel like he's somewhat of a liability. I think he has really bad hips. Uh, he's really bad at shifting directional momentum. Um, I think those two things really prevent him from being um, any sort of on ball guide on defense. And I think he's someone that might get hunted because of that. Like, I think that there's a real chance that that makes him a liability, but if he's able to be in more of an off ball role, um, I feel like he just he he comes in and does his job well and in, in in that sort of role. Yeah, I'll I say he does he does oh. have good hands. Like he has really good hands. I really liked his uh, low man rotations. I thought they were really good. Now he's not athletic enough to like make plays as the low man. That's a worry. But I love his low man rotations. I love how he times his gambles, uh, getting in passing lanes and and digging at handles. I think he's pretty competent on the ball too. Like the screen nav isn't great, but it's not horrid. And he's just like, he's just solid all around to be defensively. And he's kind of another guy that we're talking about where it's like, he just does so much solid. There's nothing that stands out about his game, but there's enough to kind of like, you know, you can see the outline of an NBA player with his shooting, his, his connective passing and his overall defense. Um, But in terms of like overall ranking, He's another guy where I, I'm a little worried that he's kind of been on the radar, the radar so long and never quite like stuck. You know what I mean? Like he's been someone who's been around forever and no team has fully bought into him uh, worth drafting. But I do have him in my um, in my like summer league players list. Like I have him right. I actually have him at the top of that list. Look, yeah, I'm right above like Chris Livingston, Jalen Pickett, Adam Kunkel, uh, Caleb McConnell, those types of guys. Like I just. I think I buy it. Like, I think I buy enough there with him to like bring him into summer league. Now the tough thing is so often Euro guys don't want to just come to summer league and be on a G league team. But if he's willing to buy into that, like I could see him potentially making it to the league kind of through that, that path stone. Where do you have uh castle on ranked? Um, I think that he's a guy worth prioritizing Um, as uh, a two-way guy I think that uh, I would have him as uh sorry not prioritizing considering uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't prioritize him as a two-way guy but I would definitely consider bringing him in with one of those three two-way spots I think that he's someone um, like I said I'm I'm in on guys that do a bit of everything a little bit more so than you I think and I think that um, to me that's worth considering as a two-way guy but I'm with you where uh, you know, he it doesn't do a whole lot that stands out. I think I'm even lower on the defense with you in, in some aspects, but I think offensively, I like that he can contribute in a multitude of ways. So I would consider bringing him on that. No, I I, I think I think that's perfectly reasonable ranking, and there's a, there's a lot to like there. Um, let's move on and talk briefly about uh Mate Rudon. Uh, I think that's how that said. 
six nine, two hundred and five. He's listed as a small forward, but he's a big man. Uh, twenty two years old. He's a March twenty first, two thousand one birthday. So just turned twenty one, twenty two. His rookie season would be his age twenty two. Should he come over? Uh, he's another guy. He's been on BMAX for a while. He played for Bayern Munich and Bayern München before that. Um, he is like I said, he's Croatian. He's from Zagreb, Croatia. Uh, so you know it's kind of becoming low key a spot for for guys to to make the league from. This year uh, in ABA play, he averaged 12.8 points per game on 59.3, 32.9, 64.5 shooting splits. Um, grabbed 5.5 boards, uh, one assist, um, one assist, 0.4 steals, 0.9 blocks, 1.3 turnovers. We can go briefly on him because there's not a ton to talk about. I actually kind of liked his game a little bit. I'm not gonna lie, like he's. There's nothing special about him. And every time I kept thinking of Daniel Tice and it's just cause he's an undersized center. Like I don't want to compare him to Daniel Tice, but like that, that thought kept coming through my head. Like he's a solid two foot leaper around the rim, good overall finisher, like has good touch, good timing and patience, pretty solid passer. I think not elite. Like he wasn't like KK did not run like NBA actions to take advantage of their big as a passer. Like, in a way, I would like, I would love to see him running like split actions as a passer. But like, when he did have opportunities to pass, I thought some of them were really, really crisp. Um, he can, you know, he has good feel as a role man, even though he's usually, he was usually playing as the four. There's usually another big, but in the NBA, he's a five. He's a, he is a five. You know, the question is whether or not he can do that defensively. We'll talk about the defense in a second. But overall, I liked his offense. Even the shot, like, it looks weird. It's kind of this weird trebuchet from the side of his head um you know very big manny in a lot of ways but i think you can hit it every once in a while the the number's not great and i do worry that the free throw is like different like the free throw is more like above his head out in front of his face kind of like how like not not as bad as Shaq, but kind of like how Shaq would shoot his free throws where it was like right in front of his face versus the, the three-pointer again is that trebuchet where he kind of loads it back by his, by the side of his face and launches that way but i think he can hit some every once in a while i just i really enjoyed his offensive game to be honest stone how'd you feel about it yeah i mean i i thought he was pretty solid as like a like you said he has that trebuchet shop i think the touch is decent enough to make it work uh i thought he's fantastic at slipping screens like that's probably his biggest offensive asset is that he's just really good at um, you know, making those fake no contact screens and slipping down and uh, getting his guard to uh, get him the ball and he can finish effectively. I thought he actually, we'll get to the athleticism a bit in a minute with the defense, but uh, he really surprised me with his like load time as a leaper. I thought that he's quick off the ground uh, and he has really long arms. So it helped um, be an effective finisher in that regard. Um, so he, he's, to me, not doing anything like creatively in terms of uh, he's not creating anything. He can make some connective passes out of the post. Uh, usually it's because of like a bailout situation uh, where he's getting doubled and he has to make it more so than him looking to make it. But I think that um, as a guy that can maybe space the floor a little bit and, and finish, that was somewhat interesting to me on that end. Yeah, let's talk about the defense briefly. And it was hard to judge because he was, again, playing as a four. But I loved his activity on that end. There's a lot of questions there, right? Like, he's he he never has played in drop. Like, he doesn't do it. BMAX does not drop him at all. But I loved his activity in hedges. I love how eager he is to try and make plays. He will contest everything at the rim. And because of that, he fouls quite a bit. 
But like, I love that he's trying. He's willing to put himself on the line. He's he'll get dunked on. He'll take it like he'll take a charge. He's just very active. He has like a very high give a shit level, which maybe it's just because I watched a lot of these Euro guys who don't have that for this pod that it's like it was such a breath of fresh air. But overall, I liked Rudin. I I I don't know how high I would bet on him, and he's definitely the type of guy where he probably doesn't get a look this year. He would have to develop long like over a longer term you know, longer period of time. But I think I would probably invite Rudon to, to to Summer League and see if I could, you know, if he could stick. Like, I prefer him to a guy, like, I prefer him to guys like Drew Timmy and Oscar Shibwe and, like, Keodorichi Akabundu Ehiogu. Like, I prefer him to those guys. And, you know, am I crazy for that? Maybe. Like, obviously, he's another guy who's older. You know, why hasn't he been, you know, more talked about before this? I don't know. But I just... I liked his game, man. I thought he was a fun watch. I think he's pretty effective at what he does. Just, just a guy worth monitoring for me. Stone. Um, I think we disagree on the defense. I think he's an absolute liability in every sense. Uh, I think he's pretty much cooked on the perimeter. Um, I think he is like really strong against post ups or whatever it's worth. Like if guys are, uh, you know, trying to bang down low and get into him, I think he can hold his own really well i think he has good timing as a rebounder in terms of like when he leaves the ground for a rebound and with those long arms that helps a little bit but he's not not the best athlete um rotationally i feel like he's he's good rotationally he's just really slow to getting to where he needs to be and i think that that kind of matters a little bit um he has zero defensive recovery equity like he's if he's Someone gets past him, they're just getting past him, and that's pretty much the end of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's someone that uh, I, I can't quite get that high to where I have him with any of those three guys, and I'm really low on on Chibwe. But um, I think that he's someone I would consider bringing in for a summer league invite. Yeah, I think that's fair. I might be I might be the person in the world, like outside of the guys who only cover like Europe poops. I might be the highest person in all of draft Twitter on. Uh, Rudon for whatever that's worth. I haven't seen anyone talk about it. I didn't even know what you were going to do him, but then I was looking at their uh at their page on rookie scale, the B the B Max one. I was like, oh, this guy's playing. Okay, well, I guess I'll pay attention to him while I watch Casalon. And like, I I have Casalon higher on my board, but I preferred watching Rudon. Like, I just had a blast. I thought he was so fun. Let's talk about Lobro. I believe it said Jidic. Is it's spelled G N J I D I C, but I believe it just says Jidic. Uh, Stone, you're muted. Uh, I was gonna say it might just be Jidic or Jidic. Yeah, it, something that's really hard to phonetically look at and try and pronounce because it's not Jin Jidic, but yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, he, it, it looks weird. He's another Croatian from Zagreb. Uh, he's listed six six one ninety. That seems about right. He he he's bigger than I kind of expected, honestly. Um, he's 22 years old. He's an April 18th, 2001 birthday. So just recently turned 22. His rookie season would be his age 22 season. He's another guy who's been on the radar forever. He played at Chabona forever. And then this year he played for Sedavita Olympia. Um, there's another word in there that I don't know how to say. Another ABA guy. He did not play much. He played more at Chabona, which, uh, you know, so kind of a rough move for him to, to in his auto eligible year to move to a team that didn't play him at all. He only played 9.5 minutes per game in ABA play. Um, 
I think there was an injury there at some point. I, I believe he did get injured. Um, I think it was an ankle, if I'm not mistaken, but I, I could be wrong. Obviously, the reporting is not in my first language or a language I speak at all. So I have to kind of like put it through Google Translate and that shit's kind of, it, it was not worth my time to do that. But he only averaged like two points per game, uh, point, you know, point nine assist. What I'll say is that his reputation is as like a solid outside shooter who is like a good athlete and can play point guard. That's like his reputation. That's what he's known for. He was an early entrant last year who we watched a little bit. Stone, let's start with his offense. Just how'd you feel about his offensive game? Yeah, uh, I didn't like it. Uh, I, I think that he really struggles as a ball handler, especially like he just cannot create anything. Very, very stiff. Um, he is is basically held to the outside. Uh he has some like nice like he can find a guy that's cutting really nice and make that sort of play most of the time it's like you know he's walking with the ball along the perimeter or stationary he's not really the one creating it um they can make those nice passes uh i think i mean he's got zero like explosiveness or or counters to his handle whatsoever so it really limits him to not being able to do much on ball um off ball, like I think he can shoot a little bit. He's a little bit shooty. Uh, can't really finish because he is just not explosive. Part of it might be the injuries. Like he's had multiple injuries over the past couple of years, and I think that's really slowed him down a bit. Um, he fills space well. Uh, he, he's not even necessarily cutting like um, at all, and it's really frustrating a lot of times because there's like in one game, in I forget who it was against, but like in the very first quarter. I counted like six times where there's like an open lane to cut back door and he's just sitting on the three point line and he, and it's, he's like by himself, but he doesn't want to cut. Uh, and that was really, really frustrating. Um, but I do think he fills space well overall outside of cutting like offensively, but, uh, there's just not a whole lot there for me. So I, I did not like his off ball game at all. Like I, like I'm with you. He, he does not cut. Um, he does not have that type of, he just does not have that type of game to play off the ball. He wants to be a point guard, uh, which is part of why he barely fucking played for this team is because he was their backup point guard. Um, what I'll say is I think he's actually a pretty solid athlete. Like, um, obviously like, like the highlight dunks or something, he had, a, he had one last year for Jabona where he like absolutely crumped it on this dude. It was one of the better dunks of the draft cycle last year. I was a little sad. He didn't stay in just so I could post that clip. Um, but he like, like when he's healthy, he looks athletic. He's pretty fast downhill. He has some dribble moves. He's, he's not a great ball handler, but he's his hard left to right cross is really effective. At least against ABA guys where he's like, he gets low enough on it and he's kind of looking like he's going to explode towards his left hand and he just hard stops and goes to his right. It's a really effective move for him. Um, his passing is more like, it's definitely reactive, right? It's kind of like in that, um, in that vein of, of Hefe, the guy, the first guy we talked about in this pod of, you know, two hours ago um, where it's like, it's reactive. He's reading a, a, uh, what, what the big does, what the help does not really proactive. He's definitely kind of a score first player. I would say he wants to score, um, but he's not great at it. Um, the jumper looks okay. It's a little bit like kind of too motiony. Uh, it's way out in front of his face. Um, he doesn't take it unless he has to. Like that's my biggest issue with the jumper is that he doesn't want to take it. There are lots of times where he has an open jumper, but instead he puts it on the ground. He tries to probe into the mid range and and doesn't really create anything. Um, I just I 
I don't know. And we don't talk about the defense much. There's just not a ton for me to latch on onto with Kinjic. It's just he's just a wing who can handle a little bit and shoot a little little bit and is not a horrible athlete and not a horrible um playmaker. Like that guy is he's probably gonna have a successful Euro career if he can stay healthy. But there's not a ton that I latch on to with him as like an NBA player, uh, because the defense is pretty rough. The the offense is nothing special. He's I think he's also a pretty rough below the rim finisher. Um if he really has the this time and space to load up for a dunk, it looks good. Uh, what I will say is when he played on Chabona, great lob passer. Him and Roko Prakachin were like such a fun duo because he would throw, he would try to throw literally anything as a lob to to Roko. Like three guys are standing around Roko, I'll just throw it up there. Roko's gonna get it. Uh, I'm I miss Roko Prakachin, man. I thought he was fucking him, but uh, anyways, um, Stone, uh, where are you at in general? I I should say I have. He's in my bet on wings forwards tier uh, below like a Mario Nokic, below Khaled Moore and, and Jalen Clark, uh, but above Matthew Meyer, um, just not someone I latch on to uh, a, a ton. Stone? Um, yeah, I I just don't really see it with him. Um, I don't view him as someone I would really even consider as with like a two-way. Um, I, I just, he's not a guy to me really. Um, you know, it's a bummer that injuries happened. Uh and hopefully he can get back to a point where he's a really strong European player that maybe garners more interest you know, further down the line. But right now, I just I don't really see anything with him worth uh, investing even really like summer league roster spots on. All right, these last two guys are going to go really quick. Stone Stone has to go for a second, so I'm just going to handle them. Gregor Glass uh, is, is a 6'6", 180-pound wing from Slovenia, of course, uh, Lucas' home home country. He's 22 years old. He's an April 29, 2001 birthday. Just recently turned 22. His rookie season will be his age 22 season. Uh, he's played for a lot of teams in the ABA and the and the KLS, which is like a lower version of the ABA. Played for KK, I believe it's like dynamic, but I believe it's a dynamic, honestly. Uh, KK Partizan and KK Monar was his where he played this year. Uh, he played well. I mean, he averaged 26.5 minutes per game. Uh, 12.9 points on 36, 32.9, 79.6. Um, there's just nothing to latch on to with Glass. Um, I Glass Gloss, I, I'm sorry if I'm saying his name wrong. Um, his cell would probably be as like a shooter and off-ball mover type, um, which there is like, like he's not horrible there. He's really not, but he's not good enough at it for that to be like his whole thing. And he's just so slow. He is maybe the worst defender in this whole class, if if you consider him like it, it, you know anywhere in this range. Like he's just so slow on the perimeter. He's food for a lot of these guys. Um, he's just not someone who can really hang. I don't think, and and that's um, that's a worry for me, right? Like I, like it's hard to make it in the league if you can't defend anyone, uh, and he's not good enough at anything offensively, really either. So. I, you know, I gave him the due diligence. I watched him. I I, I tried my best uh, to, to to kind of give a – like, he'll do something – like, he'll run some pick and roll. Um, his whole thing, if he's running pick and roll, is to try and uh, create a pull-up jumper. Um, he's an okay passer, uh, but not like a – not a particularly great one, and he can put no pressure on the rim whatsoever. He averages assists per game, basically. Or, no, sorry, 3.2 assists per game, which is really good, obviously, and, and um, you know, ha- has – good feel as a passer but he also averaged 3.2 turnovers so it's like he he just can't really create any separation or or downhill momentum with the dribble really awful on ball defender 
the shot is okay and it'll take some tough ones but again like career basically 33 percent three-point shooter like what is that what is that really worth as you as you break him down like if his whole cell is shooting and he's never been a particularly efficient shooter um, there's just not much for me to latch onto with glass uh, and stone. I know feels the same way. I'm in my long shots tier. I'd rather bet on like Seneca Knight from Illinois state or David Singleton from UCLA or Myron Jones from Florida than someone like glass. Um, but you know, not awful. He's, he's, he's a fun player, uh, you know, and, and like he'll probably have a successful overseas career. Um, he'll probably come up every once in a while as someone who, uh, Oh, he's playing on the, um, on the team with Luca and FIBA stuff. The last guy we're going to talk about is um, Milan Bar- Barbic. Um, I, that, I believe that's how it's said, and it's it's spelled exactly how you would expect it to be. Um, he's French. Uh, he's an October 12th, 2001 birthday. He's 21. He'll turn 22 before the start of his rookie season. Should he play in the NBA? Listed at 6'5". Um, played for... <laughs> For sure, man, in the Jeep Elite League. I'm so sorry. That was so bad. Played for Paris Basket last year. Um, I I know mostly from watching U21 stuff where he had great he had great chemistry with Kamigate, Ishmael Kamigate. That's where I recognize him from most. But playing in the in the Jeep Elite, he averaged 11.3 points per game on 42.9, 33, 78 shooting splits, um, 2.7 boards, 2.4 assists uh, to 1.7 turnovers um with him like he is like the stereotypical like european two guard where it's like he can dribble a little bit he can shoot a little bit he can go make some plays defensively he's just not a lead at anything he's he's kind of like a worst version of Casalon, i would say where Casalon is a better shooter a better defender um but barbich is kind of similar in that like he's just he's okay at everything uh there's nothing really great nothing really to latch on to but at the same time, being good at everything is at least, you know, something. He is at least good at everything. Um, like it, it could be, it could be uh much worse, obviously. And and I think for me, what I really latch on to is his defense is solid, like in terms of jumping passing lanes. That's his number one. He always wants to get out and jump passing lane. Um, that's his goal on defense. And he's solid at that. Like I I, I like how he balances gambling with being, you know, staying home. Uh he he can't over gamble a bit, but it's not egregious to me. I think he's pretty solid at it. Um, his point of attack is pretty inconsistent. He kind of has to switch a lot, but he's a two, so it's like not the end of the world that he can't guard, you know, incredibly well at the point of attack. Um, his playmaking is a lot of like simple pick and roll reads. He he does throw very nice lobs. He has pretty good feel for so as defender, you know, goes over the screen, kind of stays on his back keeping the big in jail and, and, and fighting a pass that way, but he's not super crafty. He doesn't get to the rim a ton, not super athletic. Like he can dunk, but like, he's not like high flyer by any means. He kind of like to dunk even on in transition has to like, you know, really extend himself and use all his leg. Like Lovro for all of Ginger's issues can really like crunk a dunk. Like he can really get up there and, and yank the rim with uh, specifically off his left foot, but you know, two hand cockbacks in traffic, like he'll do some fun stuff. That's not barbage. He's, he's slower. He's not that type of athlete. The shot looks okay, but not elite. Like, again, he's just, he's fine at a lot of things. He averaged, you know, 12 points per game, almost 12 points per game in a good league as like a, a sixth man, but not a great shooter, not a, not a great passer. 
Um, I think he could make the league eventually as you know, if he continues developing, like lots of times these Euro guys have later developments if they stay in Europe. Um, but he's sort of in my uh, bet on wings forwards tier where it's like, maybe I'd give him a summer league look, but I wouldn't go out of my way to right below Trey Golston, Mario Nokic, um, but above uh, Jalen Clark and Armand or Franklin. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at. And that's about all we got guys. This was, this was such a fun like wrap up pod. It's long. No one's probably going to listen to it because no one cares about most of these guys, but we had fun. This was, we talked about, I want to say over a hundred guys on this pod this year. Um, and I really, you know, it took us a little bit to figure out this, is how we wanted to do things, but I really love the, the structure we have with these podcasts where we're just, we're focusing on one guy and, and, and we're really diving into that. And it's just, it's, it's been really rewarding. I think it's a great process. I think our, our uh, all the issues you can point to with us as scouts, whatever, I think our process is consistently sound. I'm back now. I had to go move my car, so that's why I didn't have these last couple of guys with Bryce. But uh, I do want to say really quick that I appreciate everybody listening over the course of this year. We've, we have put a lot of work into this podcast. Uh, I know Cooper has. I know all of us have in terms of uh, watching film and, and trying to educate ourselves on these guys um, to just put our thoughts out there and in, in, in the hopes that, you know, it might be somewhat beneficial to somebody listening. Um, I think that uh, it's been really rewarding the amount of support that we've gotten over this entire year. Uh, it, we've had a biggest year of growth that we've had in the three years of this podcast. It's been really cool. Uh, and I appreciate everyone, you know, listening to our podcast, listening to the deep dives, We've done, yeah, close to about 100 guys this year, um, even if not all of them to the same amount of depth, but uh, most of them are, are pretty in-depth. And um, I think that, you know, if you're a real draft sicko, uh, it, it's cool to know that there's that many of those sort of people out there that listen to this podcast. So I appreciate everyone listening, um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to draft night. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll probably give another nice send-off uh for the pod that you that hopefully you'll listen to tomorrow, which is a mailbag and a, uh, a, uh, you know, little, little mock draft thing that Sona and I are going to do. So stay tuned for that. Uh, this has been the upside swings DBA draft podcast. Uh, shout out to Coop. Who's not here. We love him. And we hope he listens to this. Uh, we hope we are ceiling. Thank you. We'd once again like to thank the people at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Simplify your manufacturing and schedule a demo today at GlobalShopSolutions.com. Thanks again for sponsoring the podcast. Thanks again for listening. We hope we hit our ceiling. Thank you.